There's a lot of conflict about what's going on with the border. You know, the state of Texas deciding, hey, we're going to do things our way. The federal government saying, hey, hold on there just a second. Um, a lot of a lot of issues, a lot of conflict, a lot of discussion. And so uh, this morning we have a, the pleasure of having Mark Caleb Smith with us to talk a little bit about that. Good morning, sir. How are you? Uh, good morning. How are you doing today? We're doing great. What part of the world are you in right now? Uh, I'm in Ohio. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, you're not, not that not far. Not Texas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it would be okay. Texas is a good yeah. place to be. Yeah, yeah, and, you know, that's where a lot of drama is taking place right now. Right so, now? you know, uh, there's the reality of what's happening on a nation's border. And, Mark, in your estimation, what is the problem we need to solve? Well, I mean, the immigration problem is uh, a, a significant problem. And I think that's one thing people need to understand. This isn't the kind of thing that actually a president can solve by themselves. Right. Um, this is something that Congress needs to get involved in. They need to pass legislation to deal with. Um, I think probably the most pressing issue that exists our border right now is honestly the asylum situation. Mm. If you're an immigrant to the United States and you come to a port of entry or cross the border and you claim asylum, you say, I'm fearful to go back to my home country because of the consequences that I face if I go back there, you're automatically in the system. Mm-hmm. And you're not, you haven't committed a crime. You're being processed for an asylum claim. And from what I can gather, a heavy majority of those who come across make that claim. Well, that's a, that's a legislative issue. It's a program that Congress has set up to allow people to make this sort of claim. This is really rooted um, in a post-World War II immigration system, not in a uh, modern immigration system. And because of that, this is just an overwhelming problem. Um, Yes, presidents can do things about enforcement to some extent, but the asylum issue is really the root of it. And I think Congress Mm -hmm. has to get involved. Because we're being completely overwhelmed at this point. There are more individuals claiming asylum than we have ever any hope of actually thoroughly vetting and processing. Isn't that correct? Uh, the, the asylum system is backlogged into the millions of claims, and you're looking at a years-long process for anyone to go through. Right. And so because of that, like you said, you're going to be uh, entered into the system, released at that point, and then uh, expected to show up at a particular time and place when you're available. And as you know, that uh, gets that gets complicated as well. Some people right. will just check out of the system altogether and be done with it. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, I think that's the... Overwhelmed is the right word for it, and uh, it's a problem in need of a significant comprehensive fix. Yeah. So, Mark, has politics gotten in the way of us, you know, finding a solution to this problem? (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's, you know, that's almost like asking, is the sky blue? Right. Um, Right. It's like, Uh, what has politics politics not gotten in the way of? Yeah. I mean, but you're you're right. Obviously, you're right. And I don't want to belittle that at all. I mean— Right now, the politics are complicated because we're entering into a presidential election year. And so the politics creeps up in a way that's even more unusual in a year like this because both parties are looking at November. And uh, unfortunately, the way that we think of elections and campaigns now, we put all of our uh, emphasis on the presidential election because we view the president in such uh, massive terms now. And so, yeah, I think the Republicans are starting to figure out what a a potential nominee Trump wants, and therefore they're falling into line, even if it's to short-circuit the process that's been ongoing on Capitol Hill for a while. 
And Democrats are in, under special pressure to get something done because they know Joe Biden's vulnerable on the issue of immigration. And so that's created the conflict and it's made it worse in the last few weeks, mm. I think, than better. And so, you know, I, I really sometimes I would like to wave a wand and force our elected leaders to just make choices and solve problems. Uh, but politics is always going to enter into it at some level. You just wish they could sometimes uh, look overlook some political calculations and just get to the issue. Yes, definitely. So what are we looking at as far as an effect on our on our, on our security, on our economic circumstance and our security, uh, both you know financially, et cetera, from the influx of individuals that are coming in? I was reading that in Texas, it was in the hundreds of thousands that came into the country not last year, but last month. Is that correct? Yeah, no, that's right. Yeah. Um, there have been over 6 million uh, interactions with Border Patrol from immigrants uh, during Joe Biden's administration, and 60% of those have been in Texas. And yeah. so uh, Texas has been um, really put under with this issue and in some ways unfairly treated because of the system that's in place right now. Um, it's a it's a significant issue for school districts, for social services, for housing, um, and it has a just a cumulative effect on communities that just simply aren't prepared uh, to deal with some of these things that crop up. Um, mm -hmm. However, I, I will say, you know, our economy, um, we are having fewer and fewer children as a country, as Native Americans, we're having fewer and fewer children. And therefore, we have economic needs that are growing. We have jobs, you know, we have a very low unemployment rate. We have many jobs that are unfilled across the country. And in some senses, we need a labor supply. Mm -hmm. We need people to come and do and work positions. Um, and so there's always this balance here. Um, can we uh, attract people in a good way and put up a system that makes sense, that's efficient and effective and, and deal with our own labor shortages? Well, we're clearly not doing that. So yeah. I think we, we have a need. We don't handle the, the need very well at the moment. And so, yeah, there's a significant economic impact uh, both directions, positively and negatively. So, Mark, what's this bipartisan deal that's being considered? <clears throat> so um, two senators primarily, one from Oklahoma, one from Connecticut, uh, Collins and Langford, are, are talking about um, restructuring the asylum system. So that's one of their goals is to restructure that process. Um, they're also attempting to give the Border Patrol uh, more discretion to lock down the border and to simply turn people away um, with certain quantitative targets that are hit. And so if a certain number of people come across the border in a given week, then automatically everything's closed and they start turning people away by definition. And so they're trying to give uh, Border Patrol more direct authority to resist people coming across if it comes to that Um and so I think it's generally a, a well-motivated idea. They're going to provide more Border Patrol agents and more process in place. Um, but I think it's a good idea. I think it's a reasonable approach to a hard problem. Um, and I think it has a good chance to make it through the Senate. But what we're hearing right now is that it's, it's going to face a really steep climb in the House. And this is interesting because when we discuss this issue and and talk about the facts, the economic impact, the social impact. Uh, when we talk about it using facts, there's a pretty clear path of common sense of how we can come to a conclusion. 
But when this issue is presented to the public, um, certain segments of our government are very, very good at presenting the problem in an emotional uh, in a way, using emotion and fear uh, to to get what they want. And the facts have a tendency to get overridden, just to be ignored. Uh, how do how can we do a better job of explaining that there is a solution? There is a way that we can work together, like you said, the mm-hmm. the positive and and the negative impacts on our country can be worked out. How do we right. do a better job of expressing this that in a calm, respectful, you know, considerate way where we yes, actually yeah. approach and, and try to work toward a solution. I, am I just being optimistic and ridiculous by even wanting such a thing? Well, I don't know. You're not being ridiculous at all. And you know, I think that's a, I think that's the right goal uh, to be able to present these kinds of things in a fairly objective manner, uh, build support, and hopefully reach some conclusions that are agreeable uh, to both sides, you know, reach some sort of a compromise position. Mm-hmm. You're not going to reach a conclusion that everybody's happy about. It's yeah. just not going to happen on this kind of an issue. However, I, you know, and I really, I work hard to try to prevent from uh, being cynical. I try not to teach my students to be cynical. You know, I try to have a, an optimistic view of the future of politics. But the cynical part of me is persuaded that uh, for both sides, this is a good political issue. Mm-hmm. In the sense that for Republicans, having a problem at the border is good politics for them because they can point to it and, and highlight that fear to some extent. For it, for Democrats, having a more open border, not no one wants an open, open border, but having a looser border where there are more people able to immigrate. For Democrats, they see that as a political net positive because they think they're going to be more likely to be Democratic voters. And so it's it's hard in some ways it's hard for me to see the motivations of both parties really looking for a solution um because the politics work in their favor if it stays as it is and so as hard as that is for texas and as hard as that is for certain parts of our country uh there are a lot of incentives to keep it in place and to just to sort of um either demagogue the issue or look the other way Mm -hmm. and uh, whichever works for your advantage that's exactly right i think we see an awful lot of that Mm. So, Mark, as we think about this through the lens of Scripture and what Jesus taught, what the Word of God teaches about strangers among us and about welcoming the strangers in, I mean, how do you navigate this issue through that lens? Well, I think you first have to come to the realization that uh, our obligations don't always fit really neatly in an ideological or partisan category. Um, you know, you're going to feel pressured and compelled in some ways to reach conclusion based on what your fellow conservatives or fellow liberals think about the issue. Uh, but I think Scripture calls us to a higher standard than that. And I think on this kind of an issue in particular, whether you're in favor of restricting immigration or having a broader open system, um, either way, whatever your policy, where you land on your policy, you have to remember these are human beings yes. who are— yeah coming to the border, who are looking, most of them, overwhelmingly majority of them, looking for opportunities in a country where they they need and have things that they can pursue that they can't find at home. And they're human beings who need compassion, who need to be treated with dignity, and need to be processed and handled properly by our government. Um, And so no matter what you think of the politics of it, you can't lose the sight that these are people going through very real tragedies throughout this entire process. And so to me, we should all want to provide a system that treats them humanely, mm-hmm. no matter what the end goal is of that system. If it's to have 
a stiffer standard in place so that we can't take more, okay, that's fine, but make it humane and decent and welcoming as much as we can be. Uh, if it's to have a more open process, fine, but let's make it so that we're not providing incentives to traffickers and other people. And so uh, I think we tend to lose sight of this. You know, we, we get caught up in the politics of it and forget that these are actual people. That is so good. Yeah. That is a message for all of us. And just this requires so much prayer, Mark, to yeah. me. I mean, I think of the families that are coming across and those wanting a better life, <clears throat> much like my ancestors did. Sure. Um, and Same here. You know, and and your heart goes out to them, and you really want to see people treated um, for the individuals that they are, loved by God, created by God, for a purpose. Yep. You know, so, yeah, I think that's so good. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing that. So how do we get more information uh, to continue to, you know, get a, a Christian view on the news and the things that are happening? How do we kind of keep in touch and get more information? What's a good source? You know, I always try to um, encourage people to pay for some sources. <laughs> I know that's for a lot of people uh, that feels almost uh, anathema because the Internet provides so much free information. I think subscribe to a local newspaper or a national newspaper. Uh, I think ideally subscribe to two. Subscribe to one that's a little bit more leaning to the right, you know, like a Wall Street Journal perhaps, uh, or maybe one that leans a little bit more to the left, uh, right. like a Washington Post or New York Times. And I think even though they're biased, um, you can start to put together a pretty good understanding of the facts of the situation. Right. And reading both perspectives, I think, gives you some sense of where both sides are coming from. Um, there's no, there are no perfect sources of information. There's no purely objective source of information. But uh, I think looking for some balance, and I think honestly, just for me, candidly, pulling, pulling away from cable television uh, and those kinds of sources, because yes, I think they yeah. tend to sensationalize a lot of this on both yeah. sides of it, like you talked about before. Uh, those are not your best sources of information. Those are really there for, for to me, for more for entertainment and more for um, uh, emotional pulling than anything else. So Get your riled read up it, is what they do. For it. That's right. That's exactly right. Read yeah. it, pay for it, and look for it on both sides. Great advice. Mm-hmm. Great advice. Thank you very, very much for spending some time with us. Thanks for your insight and your honesty. We appreciate you. Uh, no, no trouble at all. I appreciate it. Thanks very much.